A regular guest and contributor to Indie Media is Dr. Brian Siniwaratna. Dr. Brian Siniwaratna is a Sinhalese man, but a long-time advocate and activist for the Tamil people. We caught up with him a little earlier to discuss the uh, the issues of Tamil self-determination, but Dr. Brian Sinuiatna is going to be in town this Saturday. Mr. He Marty, is indeed, Ray. He's uh, appearing at the reception room of the administration building behind... behind find behind Fremantle Town Hall uh, so it's this Saturday 2pm uh, Fremantle Town Hall and uh, it's entry by donations actually there are speakers there from the Refugee Rights uh, Action Network uh, as well but yeah Brian Sinawatner is very much the keynote, mm. spe- keynote speaker coming all the way from Brisbane and there is certainly a connection as you mentioned at the start of the show between the uh, the oppression of the Tamil people in Sri Lanka and the changes to asylum seeker policy here in Australia listen Indeed there is, and that's one of the issues that we uh, discussed with uh, Dr. Sinrawatna. Without further ado, uh, here he is. Indie Media. Since we last spoke to you, Dr. Sinrawatna, there has been a certain degree of mainstream media coverage of the ongoing Tamil plight, uh, including the publication of the former UN spokesperson in Sri Lanka, Gordon Weiss's book, The Cage, The Fight for Sri Lanka and the Last Days of the Tamil Tigers, which got uh, a certain degree of coverage, as I say, yeah. certainly in the Australian mainstream media. But overall, uh, what do you feel is the is the picture in terms of, uh, if you like, the public exposure, the mainstream exposure of the, or the ongoing suffering of of the Tamil people since the end of the war? The Australian focus is no better, if not worse. I think I've been in this country for, what, 37 years. I don't think the Australians are a nasty bunch of people. I think they are some of the nicest people I have ever met on earth. And I'm saying some, as someone who has worked in England, in uh, Sri Lanka, and many other countries, the main problem with the Australian people is that they are not being exposed to what is going on, which is of direct concern to them. You see, where Sri Lanka is concerned, I'm not going back to Sri Lanka, I can't, because uh, I will go vertical and come horizontal. I mean, that's the the reality of uh, a totalitarian state. But it is what goes on in that country that has a direct fallout by way of both people and asylum seekers and refugees uh, coming into this country and other countries. So what goes on in these countries is of direct concern to us. Because people ask me, you know, um, you come out of Sri Lanka, um, why are you bringing your troubles with you? I'm not bringing any troubles with me. I'm just trying to get you to focus that there is a totalitarian regime, um, uh, literally, murdering people or making them disappear, Sri Lanka has the second highest rate of disappearances in the world. And the situation is not getting any better. What I say to all the so-called the, the defenders of the Sri Lankan regime, of which there are a significant number in this country, uh, at least in the, um, the, the government and uh, decision uh, makers, if the Sri Lankan situation where human rights is concerned is so fantastic if, as the Sri Lankan government claim, we have got a happy, smiling Tamil faces, why does Sri Lanka not allow Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, and International Crisis Group into the country to see this miracle that has occurred? And the very fact that these international uh, bodies, one of them, a Nobel Prize winner, I'm talking of Amnesty International, not allowed to go into the country, speaks volumes of what is going on in that country. 
you have got a situation which actually is worse than it has ever been in 2,500 years. And I speak of someone who knows Sri Lankan history, and I have been in this struggle of the Tamil people and of the, uh, the, the minorities uh, uh, overall in Sri Lanka since 1948, when a million plantation Tamils of Indian origin, one-seventh of the country, were disenfranchised and decitizenized in one of the worst acts of political barbarism in the history of the civilized world, or even the uncivilized world. And uh, in 1956, um, I uh, turned my focus on the indigenous Tamils when my uncle, S.W.R.D. Bandaranaika, bought in blatant anti-Tamil discrimination and demanded that English be replaced not by Sinhalese and Tamil, but by Sinhalese only. And I said, look, this is wrong. And then his wife, who was my aunt, set the bar higher for Tamil students to enter into the university. I was then associate professor of medicine in Sri Lanka. And I said, look, this is just wrong. Now, leaving aside all that, what is going on right now is a military police state. Just a peninsula, which is right at the top, is a police state. And the, uh, the conflict area, the former conflict area, is nothing but a totally military state where the military can do what they like, including rape. I'm writing a paper right now on an epidemic of rape of Tamil women and girls in the Tamil North and the East. I would challenge you to find one Australian who knows that there is any problem with rape in the uh, Tamil areas, despite the fact that International Crisis Group uh, 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 centered in Brussels has written one of the most exhaustive uh, reports on rape in Sri Lanka. You see, we don't get airing in this country, and apart from the likes of yourself, uh, those of us even who know the situation thoroughly, we can't get a voice out in the open. We are speaking to Dr. Brian Sinawiatna, independent Tamil rights activist, and you're on the Indie Media Show on RTRFM 92.1. Indie Media. Dr. Sinawiratna, the Chief Minister of the Southern Indian State of Tamil Nadu in India, uh, on the 25th accused the Central Indian Government of concealing the training it gave to the Sri Lankan army officials uh, from the state government. Uh, this case really highlighted the amount of support uh, India has been giving Sri Lanka over the many, many years, and it also brings into question the uh, broader geopolitical situation uh, in the uh, oppression of the Tamil people. Can you perhaps uh, enlighten our listeners to that situation, particularly the connections between India and Sri Lanka and how that plays a part in the oppression of the Tamil people? Absolutely. Uh, India um, uh, is not the only country. Uh, the far more major role has been played by China, who is has literally uh, made Sri Lanka into a Chinese colony. And I'm using my words carefully uh, and in a measured way. They are buying up large chunks of uh, Sri Lanka, to, and uh, they, are, they are literally having a ball. Now, uh, and so is uh, China and India. Uh, for example, the Trincomalee Harbour. I'm just writing a paper on this. A large area, a thousand acres of land, has been taken over to make a coal-powered electricity-generating uh, plant uh, uh, owned and operated by India. So it's 
Chinese weapons that were supplied to the government of Sri Lanka to crush the Tamils. It wasn't the Tamil Tigers only. It was a war against the Tamil people with the agenda of the Sri Lankan government to make multi-ethnic, multilingual, multi-cultural, multi-ethnic Sri Lanka into a singular Buddhist nation. And all of this has been abetted by um, China, India, the U.S., Australia. I mean, uh, our hands are not clean. No other hands are the British. Just on that point, uh, Dr. Sinra Watna, Channel 7 Sunday night program uh, aired a story about uh, Tamil asylum seekers coming directly by boat to Australian shores and some of them are being detained by Sri Lankan naval authorities. Can you shed some light on the lengths to which Sri Lankan uh, government officials are going and, and, and security forces are going to actually prevent these boats from leaving Sri Lankan shores? And, and what level of cooperation is there between... Australia and Sri Lanka, because of course uh, the, with this new hardline Australian government policy there's very much an incentive to try and prevent Tamils from uh, leaving Sri Lanka for, for our shores. Right. Let me tell you that Sri Lanka is totally encircled by the Navy. You cannot get out of Sri Lanka whatever um, asylum seeker boat or whatever comes uh, near the coast because the Navy are there. So the first question is how does an asylum seeker from uh, the Tamil areas get to the boat in the first instance. And I can throw light on that. It is by bribing, and uh, I will tell you who it is, it's a very close relative of uh, President Rajapaksa and Gotabe Rajapaksa, a very, very, very close relative. You put a million rupees, <clears throat> or two million rupees, depending on uh, your level of uh, importance, and then he will arrange for that money to be farmed out to the various Navy patrol boats, etc., the refugee or asylum seeker is picked up from wherever, taken to a safe house, then to the coast, and the Navy boat will then take the person directly and deposit the patient, uh, the person in a asylum seeker boat, which is anchored perhaps a kilometer out, and they come back for the rest. That's how money is being made on a massive scale by both the government officials the uh, the regime itself, or members of that regime, and of course the Army, Navy, and Air Force. Uh, millions and millions of uh, rupees are being spent, and these people are being put on uh, boats to be sent to Christmas Island or, or whatever. To take the uh, your question one step further, they arrive then in Christmas Island or whatever. Now, by doing what we are doing to the asylum seekers and refugees, we in Australia are violating the UN Refugee Convention. Full stop. I have said you can kill the refugees, you can rape them, you can torture them, you can do what you like. But Australia has first got to quit the UN Refugee Convention. Australia has got to quit the UN Rights of the Child because they are separating children from adults. That is a violation of the rights of the child. And Australia will have to quit the UN Human Rights Convention because all of these are being violated. The UN Convention on Torture, that you will have to quit. As long as Australia quits all these conventions and gets to the level of a third world country such as uh, Malaysia or Indonesia, and then they can do what the hell they like with the refugees. But you can't sign, you can't be a signatory to those these international undertakings and then do 
what the Australian government is doing with the refugees. That's not all. The wonderful Brian, Dr. Brian Sinnerawatna there and those details again for where he's meeting this Saturday, Fremantle Town Hall at 2pm uh, with Phil Chilton speaking from Refugee Rights Action Network, PA Supermanium, Sam Wainwright, uh, local Fremantle councillor and Dr. Brian Sinnerawatna all the way from Brisbane this Saturday 2pm at Fremantle Town Hall.